We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski, uh, and yes, finally, I'm up in the uh, frozen north of Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, like, you didn't know you were in the north already, so they had to call it Northfield, but <laughs> I'm up here. Where, where are you at, Matt? So I am in the, uh, the beautiful as always, John, uh, South St. Louis area. Um, we are, let's see, it is uh, 81 degrees right now here in South City. Uh, at Ascension Lutheran Church, where I serve as pastor. Um, what's the weather report up there in Northfield, John? I think we're supposed to be in the 70s. We're, we're, well, we're, we're in really good shape, and, and you are for now. And by the way, the one thing, even when it gets extremely hot, which it will really quick for you, Matt, yes, it you will. have Ted Drews. We were yes, at Ted right. Drews. That's we right. Made, we made a pilgrimage to Ted Drews right before we headed up here to Minnesota. That is my so, consolation. That's right. You can always go strip down to your underwear and eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When all else fails. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you know, Matt, I, I, I haven't been to that I'm a curmudgeon. It's just what happens when you get old. But I, I think sometimes us curmudgeons have some legitimate complaints. I, I'm just so sick of, of them changing things, people. You know what I'm saying? Why, the, the, no, no, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed to improvement. I mean, who doesn't love a little Caesar's pretzel crust pizza, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But it's not to love. <laughs> yeah, but but there are other things that are just classic, and they've been around for ages. And I don't know that there's any need to change them. They don't need to be improved. In fact, what, what bothers me, Matt, is that these things that, that I've come to love, and I'm thinking that my, my, my great-grandchildren might, might even know they ever existed. And, and, you know, it happens every day, these things. And, and I, but I think the straw that broke the camel's back is what hap- happened last week. I just couldn't believe it, Matt. It just didn't make any sense at Uh-oh. all. Yeah, what, it, what is it, John? I, I know you got something. Well, thank you, Matt. I said, come on, Matt. <laughs> trying, trying to what is it, this. John? <laughs> that's bothering they, you. Now, wait a second. This is going to bother you, too, because you, you grew up in this generation. They changed the name of the Wienermobile, Matt. No, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile? No, it's not the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile anymore. It's the Frank Mobile. No, we didn't need that, did we? The it's Frank Mobile? Yeah, no, see right there. That does huh. It's always been the Wienermobile, and I don't care. You can call it the Frankmobile if you want, but for me, it's always going to be the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Okay? <laughs> I'm with you, John. All right. Could we maybe we should get a letter writing campaign going? Maybe so. Once the Wienermobile, always the Wienermobile. <laughs> Thank you. Can we get can we get bumper stickers? Do people do bumper stickers anymore? That's probably changed true. Do we even have bumpers anymore, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> have you seen the Wienermobile in person ever, John? I have. Have you? I, I well, you know, in passing, it's just it. I was I was inside a a, 
restaurant and it just flew right by. I mean, it just <laughs> flashed right before my eyes. <laughs> oh, but at least you had that brief vision of glory. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, with the Wienermobile going by 35 miles per hour. Uh, and now <laughs> That's as now close as just, I got. It's just the Frankmobile, which I'm sorry, that doesn't... Yeah, and think of all the children that were named Wiener because of that, and now they'll be named Frank. Frank. So, <laughs> all right, Matt, there's got to be something better than this. Honestly, Ian's probably going, is there going to be anything in this show that I can keep? <laughs> what did you well, want to talk What did you want to talk about, Matt? Well, Ian and at the KFUO and our listeners, um, I think this is a good lead-in because it sounds like John's sort of anxious about the change. Um, yes. So we're going to talk about anx- anxiousness and anxiety a little bit today. Oh, <laughs> so thank hopefully, you, John, you thank find you. comfort in today's <laughs> Wrestling right. with the Basics uh, episode. <laughs> um, so we're, we want to go to 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. So some of you, if your church follows the, the lectionary, especially the three-year lectionary, that series of Bible readings, maybe you've been in 1 Peter a little bit, and maybe you've heard 1 Peter read in worship, um, and there's some good stuff there. Um, First Peter is a book written by, well, guess who? Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, and he's writing to a group of, of new Christians, uh, mostly Gentile congregations, and they're newer Christians who are experiencing some sorts of persecution. Um, you know, they are in the minority by far as new Christians uh, in the Roman world. And so he's writing to them, and he's helping them put life in perspective, especially life for someone who is facing persecution, okay? So um, I think with that, that in mind, I think we can, um, you know, picture better what Peter's saying, why he's saying it um, to this audience, but also, you know, of course, to keep in mind our own lives, too, and, and what he's saying to us as well, uh, as God's Word still speaks and doesn't change, um, as we hear it some... Um, 2,000 years later. So with, with that introduction, John, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, and if you want to read verses uh, 6 and 7. Okay. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Here you go, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, so again, in that context of persecution, boy, yeah, uh, casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. So that's that's the verse we want to focus on most today on Wrestling with the Basics. But, you know, just briefly, John, why don't we look at verses uh, 8 and 9 as well and just, just briefly talk about that in terms of, you know, Peter's original audience, how they might have heard those couple of verses. So if you don't mind reading verses 8 and 9. Okay. Uh, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Yeah. So, you know, we have this verse about the devil, about Satan, right? Yeah. Uh, a warning. Be watchful. Be sober-minded. Uh, your your adversary, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You know, resist him, firm in the faith. So, so for us, John, you know, when we hear those verses, when we hear about uh, Satan prowling around like a roaring lion, I mean, what images come to our mind? Well, I was, it's interesting you asked that because we had just taken my uh, stepdaughter, Stephanie, to the zoo this last week. 
And I guess we think of, of yeah, there, there was a cage and it had a lion and you could actually hear him growling from, you know, hundreds of feet away. Uh, so I guess that's what I would think of. And, and you could see him. He was kind of pacing back and forth, prowling, I guess, as it says here in the text. Yeah, and as you go to the zoo, and I, I've been to the St. Louis Zoo too, you know, the uh, the lines are at a distance. There's, there's a wall that's built there. You do not want to go in. No, no, and they make <laughs> the it very hard lines. for you to get in. That's right. Yes, and rightly extra, so. Extra fencing so you can't even lean over and fall in. Yes, wow. exactly. So, yeah, I think we think of the zoo and we think of, uh, you know, the, the danger that that would pose to be in that lion's den. Uh, yeah, that's what comes to my mind too. Uh, but, you know, thinking again of, Peter's original audience, you know, what might be coming to their mind as they think of the devil prying around like a roaring lion. And um, what would that be, Matt? Well, you know, it could be the, a wild animal, right, out in the wild itself. Yeah. But I'm thinking, they're also thinking about, um, again, Christian persecution and the, <laughs> the, the Roman Colosseum and maybe uh, lions even chasing down, devouring Christians, right? Uh, that's yeah, one of the things yeah. they would do. There'd be wild animals, including lions, uh, and Christians would be, I mean, literally fed to the lions, and people would watch and, it happen. And so, aren't, aren't, aren't we glad that we have the NFL now so we don't have to do that for entertainment? That's right. You know, the, the NFL, the XFL, that's a little more that's gritty. That's, you we, know, have, we have, we have the Detroit Lions. And, and but they don't devour anybody. Yes, that's right. Fact, little, apparently, they don't. Right. They don't devour anything. <laughs> At least going for their history. But enough of that. <laughs> so I, I think you know it's just. I mean, boy, it's a little more poignant when you think about. Yeah, the devil's crawling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And you know, maybe some of these Christians, uh, perhaps you know, had or will witness someone being devoured you know and, uh and, christian and, by a literal roaring lion prying around and yeah man i, I say i think we, we we forget that sometimes that we're talking about anxieties here and, and you know my biggest anxiety is is that i had to go in and have a, a an ablation done in my esophagus a few weeks ago but uh, particularly during the times of persecution they, they were actually risking their lives by attending worship, by hearing the word of God. You know, I, I do get a little concerned in our modern society because right now we kind of feel like, oh, oh, the, the, the society, the culture is picking on us as Christians. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, we're, we're probably not quite as well accepted as we were culturally, you know, 40, 50 years ago. But now I don't think we're being persecuted in any of the sense that early Christians were, or even people that live today, say, in, in, in some of the communist nations in the world either. Where, you, where you're, you're right, you're, you're literally were risking being killed uh, uh, by a lion. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think, you know, that frames how we think about that idea of casting our anxieties upon him because he cares for you. So big, but the beauty of it is, you know, those big anxieties of maybe being devoured by a lion, but also even the little anxieties too, you know, uh, you, you know, your surgery, not that that was minor. I mean, that's still, you know, something that's, you know, significant for sure. But the, whatever those anxieties are, big or little, we can cast them on the Lord. And that's, I think, a beautiful promise that we have before us today in First uh, Peter chapter 5. So, um, again, verse 6 that you read for us begin, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that at the proper time he may exalt you. So when this humility under God's hand, you know, we're under God's hand, under his care, 
um, we, we, we face that with humility. But then also this time of being exalted, the proper time he may exalt you. Well, when, when is God going to exalt us? And I think, you know, ultimately, we, we look ahead to the last day. We look ahead to Jesus' return, that this promise of glorified bodies, for instance, right, as the dead are raised, um, and we meet the Lord in the, the air. Uh, what, a, what a beautiful promise that is, a day of exaltation for, for our Savior, but, you know, by extension, for us who are connected to him. Um, but it's, what do we do in the meantime, you know, in the, the day-to-day life? And that's where that idea of casting our anxieties upon him comes in, I think. That, that um, before, before we, yeah, we do ahead. this thing you're talking about being exalted, yeah. I, I just noticed that just a few verses before, it has a beautiful image, and it says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown yeah. of glory. Yeah. So obviously you're right. This is pointing to, to something we don't have now, but something we certainly will have later. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all because of Jesus, right? The chief yeah. shepherd, the chief shepherd. It's not about us that we're being exalted. No, no, not at all. It's when that chief shepherd appears. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, see, that's the interesting thing. Uh, C.S. Lewis, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about him next episode. Uh, he was talking about how this is the image that is used throughout the scripture and throughout the early church, that, that the end is, is to be glorious. And, and he, he talked about, well, what does that mean? Because when we hear it, we, we think of being famous, right? Somebody's glorious, they're, they're famous. Uh, but he said, it is, it's exactly what it is. It is to be famous, but not that you're given honor from your fellow people, but, but that you're given the honor from God. Uh, and he has that quote where, well done, good and faithful service. servant, I'm sorry. And I thought that's that's a neat thought because we all want that. We all know there are people that we respect and that we honor. And that's what we want from them, right? When you were a kid, you just wanted your parents to say, gosh, Matt, you did a good job. So I thought that was a good definition of the glory that lies ahead, that we'll be in a situation where, where God himself will say, and, and, and for all of our weaknesses and failings, of course, that's been taken care of, as you said, by the shepherd, by Jesus Christ, so that God can just say, hey, you, you know, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. So anyway, a little bit of C.S. Lewis thrown in there. Yeah, it's beautiful, and what a, what a wonderful thing to look forward to, and, and again, all because of the chief shepherd, all because of Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, as we looked at anxiety, I looked up some of the, the top-selling books about anxiety. Oh, okay, um, all right. So, so here's some of the ones on the, the shelf right now, John, and you can pick up online. Uh, so we've got the Declutter Your Mind, that's one title, <laughs> The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, that's another one, uh, From Panic to Power, and also, another one, Retrain Your Brain in Seven Weeks. So uh, those are some of the titles. So, you know, when we're thinking about anxiety and dealing with anxiety, I think that, you know, there's probably good things to glean out of those books. I, I really do. You know, we talk about first article gifts from God. You know, this idea okay. that we think of the first part, the first article of the creed about God the Father and, and Him as Creator. And we think about, yeah, yeah, the Creator has blessed us with things like science and psychology and, you know, um, good, solid, even Christian counseling um, to see a counselor or a therapist. You know, those are gifts from God. Those are good things, wonderful things. And if someone is struggling with anxiety, yeah, you know, please do make use of those gifts that God gives. Um, but at the same time, the thing that I found interesting about some of those titles is, 
it really focuses a lot on on what we do, right? Uh, you know, yeah, we need yeah. to do something. You know, we need to retrain our brain in seven weeks, or we need to eat the right anti-anxiety foods, and then we'll be okay. And if we think that it's entirely dependent upon us, or even mostly dependent upon us, to overcome worry or stresses or anxieties, um, I'm thinking we're we're missing it. Um, well, I know who well, I am. I am not perfect. Far from it. And if overcoming anxiety is dependent upon me, <laughs> you know, I'm in trouble. Um, that, that, that's what makes me anxious, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Both for you and for me. <laughs> I'm thinking if it's dependent upon Matt, and then, of course, if it's dependent on me, that, was, that would make me anxious, very anxious. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, you know, again, science, psychology, all those things, gifts from God. But those, all those things serve God's word and serve the Lord rather than the other way around, right? You know, yes, <laughs> yes. That God's word serves those things. So, yeah, use those gifts from God. That's fine. But also, also ultimately look to the Lord for the solution to anxiety. I mean, look to Peter's words. His solution for anxiety is cast your anxieties on him, talking about the Lord, God, uh, because why? Well, he cares for you, right? Uh, so the solution to anxiety, it's not all about us and what we do, but it's ultimately uh, that God cares for us. It's because of God's care for you. And if you're looking for a solution to anxiety apart from God and his care, um, you're in trouble. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, you're missing out. Um, so, you know, listeners, hear that good news that he cares for you. You know, he invites you to cast your anxieties on him. That's his desire. What a loving God that would invite us to do something like that. Um, those anxieties uh, on the Lord, on the Lord. But um, how do we do that, Matt? How do we do that? Because, I mean, that's my problem. When I'm anxious, automatically in my flesh, I think there's something I have to do in order to get this thing straightened out. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, so I think when I talk to people, John, and maybe you've had this experience as a pastor too, but, you know, when someone is stressed out, when they're kind of, everything's happening at one time, you know, they, they use this phrase, and, and let me know if you've heard this too, and sure. I think people are well-meaning, but they'll say, you know, it, things are tough right now, Pastor, but, you know, the Bible says a God will never give you more than you can bear. If, as, as, did anyone ever say that to you as a pastor? Oh, yeah. Me? Hey, okay. I, I have said that to people. Yeah. But that isn't yeah. exactly what it says, is it, man? Well, no, it's not. <laughs> so, And I think that's, that's so important. You know, the Bible never says God will not give you more than you can bear. I mean, it's, it's not in Scripture. Okay, it's 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 nowhere in there. You can take a look. I challenge you to take a look. Um, you know, God won't give you more than you can bear. Um, it, it's just it's not it's not true. Um, you know, I every day have more than I can bear. Every day, um, on my own, I I wouldn't I wouldn't make it through the day. Every beat of my heart is God sustaining me in my life. That's what he does, right? For every one of us, whether we realize or not, Christian or not, he's the one who gives life and sustains life. Um, and for me to be able to bear this life and all of its stresses and worries and anxieties on my own, um, no, I, I, I just can't. I cannot, add, I cannot make one of my hairs black or white. I cannot add one hour to my span of life. Like, like you have any hair. Come yeah, I on. I know, John. Thanks. <laughs> you know, on the radio, I thought I could at least get away yeah. with that. But thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, you know, I, so the phrase I like, John, is, you know, not that God won't give you more than you can bear. What I think is far better is, you know, God will never give you more than he can bear. Right? Ah, you know, I God like that, will never man. give you more than he can bear. And, and even more than that, God is never, will never give you more than what he's already born for you <laughs> on the cross. When, when Jesus took on all of our sin uh, and all of that ugliness and, and, and gives us forgiveness and meets our needs and restores and redeems and all those beautiful things in his death and resurrection, you know, God will not give you more than he can bear. He will not give you more than what Jesus has already borne for you at the cross. And boy, for me, that just seems like a far greater comfort uh, to share with someone rather than, you know, he won't give you more than you can bear. Uh, because I know, I know I'm frail. I can't bear much on my own, John. <laughs> Without the Lord, you know, I can't bear anything. Uh, but no, he won't give you more than he can bear. Well, Matt, and now all of a sudden this, this beginning of verse 6 makes sense. Humble yourselves. Exactly. Other, in other yes. words, he's saying, yeah, here's your problem. You think you're going to solve all this, and you think it's up to what you and what you're going to do and your solutions. Probably better to just say, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to overcome any of this stuff. And there, therefore, then just cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, if we're looking at this text in terms of law and gospel, and, you know, for me— you know, I, the law that I'd like to share with our listeners isn't, do not be anxious, listeners. Stop being anxious. Oh, you know, yeah, that's that's yeah. not the word of law that I want to share today. I think the word of law is, is more, you can't handle your anxiety on your own. <laughs> you know, and that's a word of law I think I need to hear. You know, your worries, your anxieties, your cares. No, you can't handle those on your own. That's the word of law here. But the word of gospel is, well, he cares for you. <laughs> he invites you to cast your anxieties on him. The Lord cares for you. And, of course, we see that care in all sorts of different ways, but especially we see that care ultimately, yeah, at the cross. Uh, that's how much your Savior cares for you. He died for you. And if he's willing to die for you, oh, boy, you know, he's willing to also bear your anxieties, whatever, whatever they are, big or little, whatever they might be. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the word of law and gospel, I think. Uh, you know, for us today. Yeah, and I agree um, with you, Matt. That that phrase, "He cares for you," that that's that's the corresponding part. Uh, so so you can handle it, and, and we're not going to tell you not to be anxious because you you are. You probably are going to be anxious, but at least you know what you can do with that anxiousness, and you can do it because you know He loves you. And and, and again, like you said, the cross is such a cool thing because. Think of the anxiety that his disciples faced that when he when he died on that cross and uh, anxiety to the point that they had abandoned him, denied him, and yet he still cared for them, didn't he? It didn't didn't yes. change at all how he yes. felt about them. Yeah. Yep. And and the, the one other point as we wrap up, John, is just that cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That word all, you know, it doesn't, mm. you know, it, it the Greek word is it means all there. It really does. <laughs> so I mean. Your big anxieties, your little anxieties, all anxieties. Because I think sometimes, you know, we kind of, you know, finally cast things on God when they seem too big for us. You know, oh. boy, oh, I can't handle this anxiety on my own. I better give this one up to God. Um, well, you know, we, yeah, okay, that's good. But, you know, cast the little things onto him too. Those day-to-day -day anxieties and stresses and changes of life. Um, cast all your anxieties on him. Every last one of them. Big, little, large, small because he cares for you. 
Um, so, you know, in answer to your earlier question, how do we do that? Well, you know, yeah. I think one way is prayer. You know, one way is prayer, you know, to uh, cast our anxieties upon him in prayer and not just wait until they're big and kind of overwhelming anxieties that we can't handle. No, every anxiety cast upon him in prayer uh, because, again, he cares for you. Yeah, and I, Matt, I, I really like the insight you have there because maybe that's the problem. We hold on to these anxieties yeah. until they get so big that they seem like yep. they overwhelm us. And maybe yep. right, maybe we would start every day and say, "Okay, I got all these concerns," and I, and, and not, and we're not saying you don't need to do what you can do, but but to not think that you have to overcome all that stuff on your own. In fact, you can't. Uh, I, I'm not going to take on a lion. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, but but someone has, right? You know, yeah. someone's taken on Satan that line already, and it's Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, again, cast all your cares upon Him, because He cares for you. And this has been wrestling with the basics.